Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Roma, Moselle. This is Sunday, March the 12th, 2023, third Sunday in Lent. The sermon is by Pastor Wade Reddy. The organist, Barb Andreessen. The lector is Brandy Nieder. Thank you to Glenn and Barb Tobiasen for sponsoring this week's broadcast in memory of Glenn's parent. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to this third Sunday in Lent. Morning came quickly for some of us, didn't it? I didn't remember, but I always get up early in the morning, so good. I'm glad you all made it. Can you hear okay? All right. We're going to begin with Thanksgiving at the baptismal font, and you'll find us on page 70 in the front of your hymnal. Blessed are you, holy God. You are the creator of the waters of the earth. You are the fire of rebirth. You poured out your spirit on your people Israel. You breathed life into our dry bones. Your son Jesus promised to send the spirit to us that the world may know your peace and truth. Pour out your spirit and breathe new life in those who are here baptized. And by your spirit adopt us as your children through our Savior Jesus Christ who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit. One God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you, Mac. Let us sing our gathering song, 455, Crashing Waters at Creation. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us speak the Kyrie. O God, Father in heaven, O Son of God, Redeemer of the world, O God, the Holy Spirit, will you join with me in the prayer of the day as it's printed in your bulletin insert? Merciful God, The fountain of living water, you quench our thirst and wash away our sin. Give us this water always. Bring us to drink from the well that flows with the beauty of your truth through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us receive God's holy word for God's holy people. Good morning. The first reading is from Exodus chapter 17 verses 1 through 7 with the following preface. Because the thirsty Israelites quarreled with Moses and put God to the test, Moses cried out in desperation to God, 
God commanded Moses to strike the rock to provide water for the people. The doubt-filled question, is the Lord among us or not, received a very positive answer. The reading. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages, as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it, so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massah and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? The word of the Lord. Psalm second reading is from Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 11 with the following preface. Though we often hear that God helps those who help themselves, here Paul tells us that through Jesus' death God helps utterly helpless sinners. Since we who had been enemies are reconciled to God in the cross, we now live in hope for our final salvation. The reading... Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, We even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The word of the Lord. I invite the congregation to please rise and sing the Lenten Gospel acclamation. You'll find this in the front of your, your bulletin. Gospel according to St. John, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. I invite you to be seated for the reading of the Gospel, and you'll note that I will start reading at the 39th verse. Many Samaritans from the city of Sychar believed in him, Jesus, because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done, she said. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard ourselves, and we believe that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, I invite any of the little ones who got up early this morning to come to church. Come forward. Be brave. I'm going to sit right here. You can line up right there. Good morning. Morning come fast? Not so much. It's just a regular morning. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, my. Be brave, little one. Hi. Good morning, Jack. Hi. All right. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> oh, my. You know, this is a perfect sign. This is, this is wonderful. Um, the question I have for you is, how many of you got to choose to be baptized? Was it your choice? How many came willingly running up to the baptismal font who jumped in mom and dad's arms and came right up here? Did we have a choice? Did God come to us in water and word? And what happened when we were baptized? Do you remember? Some of us don't remember. Did you get wet? Were you splashed with water? Don't remember it. It was water and word and there was a promise made that God sealed us with the Holy Spirit and marked us with the cross of Christ forever and claims us as his sons and daughters. Yeah. And so um, in our baptism, there wasn't anything that we could, we could do. We came up and this guy or gal who is wearing an alb put this water on us. Oh, this is cold. Uh, usually it's very lukewarm, right? 
and, and feels good. And uh, we were adopted children of God. So that not only do we have our parents, but we also have God our Father, who, believe it or not, loves us even more, can you imagine, of all the love in this room for you. And so you were adopted and protected and you are given the gift of the Holy Spirit to help guide your way. You have the Father who is protecting you against the devil. And you have this little mark on your forehead. Do you see it? The pastor took oil and wiped it on your forehead in the sign of a cross. And you have that shield. So now I want you to stand up and I want you to say, Thank you, Mom and Dad, for having me baptized. Nobody wants to do it. I was kind of wondering. So you're special kids because you have been baptized into Christ Jesus. And you are loved and you are protected and you are guided today and forever. And one day we will be together with God, with all those who've gone before us and those who come behind us. Because we have a God who loves us so much that death will be no more. Isn't that worth celebrating? Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you for coming to these little ones and for their parents to bring them to the baptismal pond where they receive the great promise of life everlasting. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's it, Jack. That's all I got. Okay. Thanks for coming up. That was tough this morning. I'm going to sneak around this way. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, we encountered uh, Nicodemus. We encountered Nicodemus going under the cover of night to go and to visit Jesus. He had been seeing signs, and he was wondering, were my eyes seeing correctly? Are you the Messiah? And Jesus said, in order to see, in order to enter God's kingdom, you have to be born from above. You have to be born of water and spirit. And there was a third thing, and we might not have caught it, but I did bring a package out and I gave it to some people and I said, what good is this gift unless we open it up? And so we have to believe in Him. Jesus, the Son of God, is our Redeemer and our Savior. Then we will see and we will enter God's kingdom, God's light, God's love, God's mercy, God's grace for our lives. But those who do not believe, those who refuse to open up the gift, have already condemned themselves and they stay in the dark. It's their unbelief that keeps them in the dark. We learned at the end of last week's text that Jesus is the eternal light of the world. And the one who believes in him, the Son of God, receives the gift of eternal life. Believing comes from faith. And so there's our Lenten verse that has been following us each Sunday from Romans 10:17. And faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of Christ. This truth was shared with Nicodemus when he came to Jesus seeking the truth. But what about when Jesus shows up unexpectedly and comes to us at the own unexpected hour or time? You know, Nicodemus went to find Jesus. But in today's gospel, Jesus finds the one that he seeks, who is seeking in their hearts, and who will be his great witness. He has been down in Jerusalem. This whole episode with Nicodemus was outside the temple. And now the story turns and Jesus is making his way back to Galilee, but he's going to be going through Samaria, which makes only good sense. If you are going from part A to point B, 
you would want to take the most direct route. Why would you go around Samaria? But that's what Jews did. They would not trample onto the land that belonged to the heathens, to the Samaritans. But Jesus is going to go that very route. And this woman, she fears. There's fear in her heart, too. She fears that her sins might be revealed. Many people don't want their lives to expose to the light of God because they're afraid of what it will reveal. For the woman at the well outside of the city, Sychar, he comes to her. Her sins are exposed, but her Savior, the Messiah, covers her sins and brings her into great joy. She will testify the truth, the truth Nicodemus sought, she now holds in her heart, and her testimony leads others to faith in Christ Jesus. Returning to our gospel, Jesus leaves Jerusalem after his late encounter with Nicodemus. He has traveled north, he is tired, and he has something on his mind. We now go back to the gospel reading. Jesus came to the Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus was tired out from his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came, and she drew water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food, so he was there alone. And the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, now Jesus must have definitely looked like a Jew, maybe the way he was dressed, ask me a drink, a woman of Samaria. Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked and he would have given you living water. What did Jesus mean by living water? I'd like to offer two references that come out of the Old Testament. The first comes from Psalm 42, 1. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. We have a thirst within us that cannot be quenched, but by the Spirit of God. And that great prophet Isaiah, near the end of the Isaiah, in 55, we have these words. Everyone who thirsts comes to the waters, and God offers us water for the soul. First we come, listen, so we will live and seek the Lord, while, we, while he may be found. God's salvation comes to those who thirst for the living, eternal God, a relationship with the one who calls upon him. Living water quenches our, our soul's thirst, but the woman at this moment is only thinking about water and labor. And Jesus offers her a spiritual drink, the soul-quenching water, the living water. And their conversation or their dialogue now goes deeper down into their soul, like that of a woman drawing water out of the deep, deep well. And so we go back to our gospel. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? She asked. Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well, and with the sons of his flock who drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty the water that I will give will become in them the spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming to this well and drawing up water. 
Jesus said to her, Go, tell your husband, and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You are right to say, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and for the one you have had, then the one that you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, Sir, I see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say the place where the people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You will worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation of the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God's spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. We learn some truth-telling. Something has changed in this conversation, and the woman shares, I have no husband, but I have had... And, and Jesus says, you have told the truth, for you have had five, and the one that you live with now is not your husband. She bears her soul. And Jesus opens up to the woman and he shares, I am. I am the one who speaks to you more than the Messiah. I am God in the flesh. The time is now. And her heart is filled with joy. She will be Jesus' witness to the truth. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. Oh, just, just then the disciples came and they were uh, astounded that Jesus was even speaking to this woman, this Samaritan woman at the well. But no one said anything. Jesus knew exactly what they thought. What do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? When the woman left the water jar behind and went back to the city, she said to the people, Come and see the man who told me everything that I have ever done. And he, he cannot be the Messiah, can he? And they left the city and they were on their way to him. Can this really be the Messiah? I think it's so interesting that she came up with that. So, meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete this work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around. Look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting now. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit of eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have not entered into their labor. Jesus teaches his disciples about joy found in seeing new believers coming into God's kingdom. Look around you and you'll find people ready to hear God's word. And God offers us water for the soul. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Now we come to the most important message of today's gospel for us. That salvation comes from our relationship with the living Lord through faith. And so I turn to the remaining portion of today's gospel. Many Samaritans from the city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything that I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they had asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. 
And many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that it is truly the Savior of the world. Faith comes from what is heard. What is heard comes from the word of Christ. The woman left her bucket to go, to testify, to share, I have seen, I am. And they believed her. Lent may not be so much about giving something up than it is of letting go of the bucket, whatever it is that we are holding, leaving behind and leaning into God's gift of salvation for us. We just never know when Jesus shows up, although he is with us always. Whatever befalls us, whatever bumps up against us in this life, what is the most important thing? I believe the most important thing is when you brought your children to the baptismal font and you received some precious gifts. There was nothing you did, nothing the pastor did, nothing that the child did, but what God is doing in the living waters that quenches the thirst of the soul. Baptizing us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That we have the promised gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life, the gift of forgiveness of sins. We are new creation. And we are protected from the devil who is on the prowl all the time. I remember a few years ago, a child was struggling with evilness. It was keeping them up at night. And uh, the parent called me and said, is there anything that you can do? Not knowing what to do, I went. And I spent some time on the floor with the child. And then it came to me, remembering their baptism like it was only yesterday, and said, look on your forehead like I did with the children up here. Do you see that cross? We may not see it, but we mark you with the cross of Christ and you are sealed by the Holy Spirit forever. That is the greatest marking that we have that protects us from the devil and from the sin. To know that we are adopted children of God and that when we leave this life, we come into the glorious presence of God and all the saints who have gone before us and all the saints who come behind us. Lent isn't about giving up. Lent is about remembering our baptism, letting go of those things that might hold us back and to know that we are children of God and that our salvation is found in Christ. The Gospel of our Lord. Amen. Let us sing our hymn of the day.
Let us share the affirmation of our faith as we find it in the Apostles' Creed. I invite you to stand, to rise, and join with me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. may be seated. And just a teaching moment before I get to the prayers of intercession, I thought a wonderful question came up to me this last uh, Wednesday. We were studying the Apostles' Creed, and if you look at the third petition, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. The question was raised to me, why do we lift up the Catholic Church? Now, you'll notice that it does not say Roman Catholic Church, but it says Holy, small c, Catholic Church which is a church universal throughout the world. It is the church on earth that Christ planted with St. Peter, that you will be the foundation of which I build my church on earth. And so that's why we say the Holy Catholic Church, and we're not speaking of the Roman Catholic Church in Rome. Just an interesting teaching moment. Prayers of intercession. Sustained by God's abundant mercy, let us pray for the church, the world, and all of creation. We pray for your church. Bless partnerships with other Christians in interreligious dialogue. Guide the daily work of denominational and congregational leaders. Strengthen our combined witness for the sake of the gospel that all experience your life-giving love. Merciful God. We pray for the universe and all creation teems with life. From the depths of the earth, the seas, to the skies above, fill us with awe and reverence for the diversity and the perservation of life. Merciful God. We pray for the nations of the world. Topple the dividing walls and that separate us from our neighbors. Form us into your beloved community where diversity and gender, race, language, ability, ethnic origin is celebrated and affirmed. Merciful God. We pray for those, Lord, who suffer in mind, body, or spirit. Be present with those who are lonely. Give courage to all who are afraid and comfort those who live with chronic illnesses or other sicknesses. And Lord, we remember those who are on our prayer list. We lift before you Joyce Osterkamp and Sharon Roper. For Marilyn Streeper, we're so thankful that she made it through her surgery and is on the mend. For Teresa Engelbart and Kalinda Stadmuller. For Sandy Jensen, Charles Walters, George's brother. And Lynette Mork, Lisa Farley's aunt. Lord, we also pray for our sons of this congregation who serve in the military to bring protection to others, to keep them from harm. We lift before you Ben, David, Trevor, and Dustin. Give us and them living water always. Merciful God. We pray for this congregation, especially those preparing for baptism. Rexton Recker will be receiving baptism on the 23rd of April. And nurture their faith and pour your love into their hearts and inspire our community by their testimony to God's grace for their lives. Merciful God, we give thanks to the lives of your saints, especially Gregory the Great, whom we commemorate today. We also remember Ernie Osterkamp, who died this past week and whose funeral will be this coming Wednesday. Their hope in you sustained lives of faith and service. Encourage us with the hope they shared in you. Merciful God. We lift our prayers to you, O God, trusting in your steadfast love and your promise to renewal the whole creation through Jesus Christ, our Savior. 
Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. Let us receive this morning's offering. Uh, we're collecting coin offering for the 2024 Youth Gathering, and so that's what that's going toward. Let us pray. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us in what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Gather together. Uh, into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I invite you to be seated. I'd like to give thanks to Glenn and Barbara Tobiasen in memory of Glenn's parents and sponsoring today's radio broadcast that will be heard on KMCH 94.7 FM. And uh, there are opportunities for us to, uh, to uh, sponsor a morning radio broadcast. It does get out there it is heard I have people share with me we listen to you Wayne Zion every Sunday and so I know that our radio broadcast is delayed by one week but uh, it's important when they hear you singing and they can visualize themselves here in the sanctuary and even though they can't be a part of us they love being able to hear hear us uh, before I go on to further announcements um, I was uh, driving to Dubuque this week and I got thinking about the Easter breakfast and Diane popped into my mind and I gave her a call and I said, Diane, can you help me out? Uh, can you have something to share with us this morning? As Pastor mentioned, yeah, he did give me a call this week and just said, uh, can you make this happen? And it just really made me think about the sermon today with, um, you know, what is a gift if you don't open it? And um, there are a lot of ways I fail in life, but one thing I am pretty good at is organizing things, and so I feel like this is a way that I can open a gift here. Um, but I am also wondering if any of you might have a gift. Um, if any of you are part of the Thrivent and you have a Thrivent action plan that you would like to let the youth use to help um, fund the, the breakfast, please let me know. Um, but otherwise, we hope that you can all join us, join the youth as we serve breakfast Easter Sunday. Thanks. Thank you, Diane, for that. And I'm going to sign up and be your first one for that Thrivent action plan. So that will, Pastor will fill that out this week. So, good. And there may be others too. It's a big, a big function. Uh, the other thing to share with you, we have one Sunday school open. If there's anyone who would like to help us out, and we say thank you to Lily, and we say thank you to the Neater boys, Cole and Cord, who helped us out last week. No pressure uh, this, this week, but we do have one last Sunday available. Uh, the other thing is April 23rd will be our last day of Sunday school, but what's interesting is we're going to be loading up after the worship service, and we will make, be making our way to the bowling alley here in Monticello. And uh, this is really uh, uh, Holly Iben's uh, uh, brainchild, and I think it's a good one, and uh, I think it's wonderful to create some camaraderie, and so she said, we'd like to have it for all the high school and the confirmation and the senior high kids, but we'd also like to invite the whole congregation. And I'm like, well, I don't want to deny that. Uh, even if you don't bowl, just to come on and root the kids and, and, and have some pizza with us and uh, just show uh, the community of faith that we can have fun outside our walls as well uh, at the bowling alley. So mark that on your calendar on the 23rd of April after the worship service. I don't know if anybody signed up for treats that day, but we're hoping to head right straight to the bowling alley. Maybe we can have the treats brought out there, thinking out loud, not thinking ahead. Uh, so I share that with you. Easter lilies, thank you for those who are now sending those in. Uh, Etta is collecting for that. And uh, what else do I need to share with you? Uh, no Sunday school next Sunday, March 19th. Many of our uh, students are on uh, spring break, and so we're going to take a little bit of a break. And I'll be meeting with uh, an ad hoc committee on that day in the library, and we're going to be talking about the church constitution. The last time that it was 
uh, done was in 1990 and there are three amendments since then and we're just going to try to bring it all up to date. Uh, interestingly enough, in 1990 it was done on a dot matrix uh, printer. Now us who are old enough understand what that is. Uh, the kids have no idea what we're talking about. Everything is laser this, this, this day and age, but we just want to bring the language up and, uh, and have a, a, a fresh new copy of that and then take the amendments and put that into the Constitution so we have a nice clean document going forward uh, for the next 25 years. All right, anything else that we need to share? This I know there's something I'm forgetting. Okay. I guess we don't. Let us stand and receive this blessing. Oh, yes, there is something. Oh, yes, I forgot. Yeah, you can sit back down. And look, we've got time, too. Um, we have forgotten to sing for our March birthdays. I know the first March we had Boston who made cupcakes for everyone, even made sure that the pastor had one. Uh, so anyway, we have a number of March birthdays. If you have a March birthday, let us see your hands. Look at all the March babies. Birthdays. Yeah. And what? Okay, and Jackson in the back. Way in the back. Jackson in the back. So uh, let's sing happy birthday, dear friends. Shall we do that? future choir member right here down in front. Nice going. Now, the other thing is, uh, when I meet with the senior uh, dining, we often talk about birthdays and then we talk about anniversaries. And uh, it's amazing. You know, uh, some people celebrate 50 years together, some 60, some even 70. We have a couple uh, in our midst who just celebrated their 62nd wedding anniversary. Do we have any other wedding anniversaries in the month of March? And we overhear the weirs. Okay. How many years? 51 years. 62 over here, right? For the Balkans and the weirs, we're going to have you stand up and sing happy anniversary to you. And I didn't tell Barb about this, so we have to do it a cappella, I think. Oh, she's got it. Happy Now the rest of you can stand up. <laughs> uh, you know, marriage is such a wonderful gift from God. That w that's the one place that we experience the gift of unconditional love. And uh, that makes that bond even tighter when God is a part of that strand. And that's what I tell our couples when they come here. Receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. Let's sing our sending hymn 618.
Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress. All rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734. All rights reserved.